Welcome back to a new episode, and we have another episode with a double guest. Um, both are from the IOS Foundation, and we're going to dive a little bit into uh, the Touchpoint program, uh, a little bit how it started, what it's currently doing, and uh, the future plans for it. Um, so with me, I have Christian and Adam. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Hello. Thanks for inviting us. Cool. This, we have been trying to do this for, for, for a few times now. Finally, we're doing it. Yeah, it's exciting. I think we had like three or four tentative dates so yeah to do it today yeah that's like it's a lot of stuff happening for everyone i got sick um but finally we're, we're here um before we start diving into touchpoint and um and the stuff around it could you guys explain like how you ended up in crypto and like how you came into iota okay i'll start with this um so because i guess my potted bio here is i started with crypto in 2017 uh, purely as an investor, really, and I was just uh, like many, just kind of discovering what this was all about, and um, and then slowly started to kind of get the idea of how important it could be, and then so it started taking more and more of my day when I was, you know, way before I was actually working in the space, and then um, I started doing more full time stuff with crypto, so I was doing writing informational courses for a for a company that made blockchain education stuff and it kind of had a focus on the arabic speaking world even though all the stuff was in english and so we were writing courses on like smart contracts and and blockchain and uh, cryptocurrencies for everybody and uh, nfts for everybody we had this kind of curriculum and we laid out what we thought the the lay audience kind of needed to know about these things and so i was doing um editing and writing and then a bit of um kind of a content team lead role there and then i switched over to iota to do uh, ecosystem development very broadly written so uh sometimes this means um, reaching out to other partners sometimes it meant writing articles sometimes it means uh, doing things with touchpoint um yeah so that's uh, pretty much it with me Cool. What about you, Christian? For me, it actually also started in 2017. Basically, when talking to anyone, it seems like everybody got into the space in 2017, at least, um, that I have contact with. But it actually started through a university course. And I was looking, studying institutional economics and how that kind of relates to decentralized networks and how kind of these decentralized networks can actually be full institutions without a central authority which is kind of interesting to me and, and actually i kept following that um, but because i had this very minimal exposure to crypto at that time every place i worked at i was kind of the crypto expert because i knew a little bit more than anyone else but actually not that much um, and so i kept following it but really just from the outside looking in and when then the time came for my first full-time position it was really just a space I wanted to explore more and I think really see how it works inside, right? Rather than just looking at it from the outside. Um, and I remembered that I had heard about IOTA in 2017. And at that day, when I remembered it, I actually saw a job opening at the foundation. So it was really perfect timing. I applied. 
And it started really with more broad strategy things I was working on um, and then got pulled more and more into assembly and the smart contract side of things, which ultimately then led me to Touchpoint. Mm. Um, so like how, how did the Touchpoint become like an ID? Um, well, Touchpoint started out really because we we knew we would launch smart contracts um, in a in a hopefully very close time frame, and, and that meant that we would have a very different story of adoption. Right? You don't have you have less the the long standing um, corporate relationships and kind of long term projects, right? But rather you have hopefully a large amount of small projects that that come into the ecosystem and just use the technology and we knew we would have to find a program to support those kind of looser and, and more dynamic relationships um, while we still actually wanted to provide the best support possible for those people and so we thought about what the best model for that could be um, and that basically led us then to touch point as the model which you can think of as a loose and not very highly structured accelerator coupled with a networking um, environment, right? Where people, we, we just onboard everybody who's interested in building um, and we give them the chance to connect to each other and basically find and add the missing pieces that, that they would need um, to succeed with their projects. Um, and, and we just try to create a model that scales better than traditional accelerators, but is also very flexible and flexible enough to kind of adjust to all the needs of different people um, in the industry, because we know that every project is kind of at a different stage and has different, different challenges. So that was what we tried to address uh, with Touchpoint. And that ultimately led to it launching kind of end of last year. Mm. And there's, there's a good amount of projects already in it, but like, what's the status of it today? So basically, we have around 40, 45 projects in Touchpoint. We have a couple of experts. We also have a couple of investors in there. Um, and yeah, I think it's really exciting to see people really building. And right now, I think the stage we're in um, is where a good part of the first cohort that we actually onboarded is now ready and waiting for Shimmer to launch and the smart contracts to come and be live so that they can actually launch their projects, right? Because they are, some of them are actually already in audits, are testing on other test networks, so on Phantom or on Ethereum. Um, and yes, yeah, so, so we continuously are onboarding people, additional projects, and our projects, I think, which is the most exciting part, are actually getting ready to really release their applications in turn. Mm. And uh, you said onboarding, like, like, do you guys like go out to other ecosystems and try to like, um, recruit someone? Maybe I'll take that one. Uh, so we have between me and Chris, and uh, there's another person on our team, Austin, we kind of keep an ear to the ground in crypto to see what's, what's going on in other ecosystems. And some of us also have personal connections to these other ecosystems. So, um, so yes, we do outreach into other um, crypto spheres and pull some of those projects. Uh, some of them came, kind of came to us that we didn't really have to reach out to. Mainly the two at the top of my head are um, from Binance Smart Chain and or BNB Chain and uh, Phantom. 
don't know if there's another one that we're missing, but um, yeah, we reach out pretty much wherever we see an opportunity for people who want to be, have this kind of multi-chain attitude or uh, people on, we get a lot of it too from, like I said, with things like Phantom and uh, I think probably in the future, Terra, I think there's, there's a lot of projects that were uh, maybe a little bit more optimistic about the direction their chains were going in the past. And now some of them are kind of seeking a new home. So we try to reach out to those as well and see if they want to come build on us. Mm, yeah. Well, it's good to try to uh, like reach developers outside, uh, trying to build off the ecosystem because there's probably a lot of advantages they can get by, by moving it over to, to the IoT ecosystem. I think so yeah. too. I agree. I think there's there's kind of one exciting opportunity that that people see, and I think um, especially coming over from from some of these other networks, that if you embrace Shimmer at the moment and right now and kind of really do a concerted effort of penetrating the ecosystem, so to say, um, it's kind of an exciting market that you can land in, right? And if you're launching now, and if you're building your brand inside the Shimmer ecosystem, and then later the IOTA ecosystem as well. You're kind of among the first movers, right? And mm -hmm. you can really build a presence in those markets and, and kind of capture them early, right? Yeah. Whereas you have you have these, yeah, I think you have a very strong foundation with yeah, the DEXs, the NFT marketplaces, um mostly run by longtime IOLA community members, right? So they obviously have their brand presence. But then you have an opportunity to kind of add to those those foundational pillars and extend the ecosystem beyond that. Mm. Um, I've been wondering about one thing. Um, what is like the selling point uh, that gets people to to actually look into IOTA and move over to it? So generally, I think what the unique selling points are, and this might be a bit of an like avoiding the the actual question, right? But but it also really depends a lot on the project that we're talking to. And I would say I see it in, in kind of different time frames. I think in the short term, what you have is this: you have a compelling proposition that you have this emerging market right where people can can establish early and that they can actually deploy on very easily if they're already evm compatible right so they they don't have to make too many changes and have a pretty high upside if the ecosystem actually takes off and gets going um and then what what we also hear especially from projects from other ecosystems actually that touch point um to them is, is kind of unique right because what you get is a very very hands-on or direct line into the foundation and to the team that's building the technology. And I think for many that I would say takes away from the technology risk, right? Because, because they can just answer, they get any questions, they get answers rather quickly um, and they can actually network pretty well and, and get established in the ecosystem. So I think in the short term, it, it's kind of this, right? You have um, little effort to deploy on the chain um, and then you also have like a very emerging market, which is exciting. So you can kind of be early once again. And then in the long term, what we what we then hear when we talk to projects is that this multi-chain future that is, I would say, anchored to a layer one tangle, which is which is very efficient and, and highly scalable, is very comp compelling as well, um, because you have a lot of optionality and a lot of flexibility in how you build. Right? Um, you have a long-term vision that is pretty exciting with the tangle. Uh, with really pure decentralization. I think that speaks to a lot of people in the space still. Um, and then you have smart contracts on top that that remain 
EVM compatible that you can use and you know what environment you're getting into, right? Because you know this from other chains. Um, but you have kind of, you can extend this model with very exciting opportunities in layer one. Um, you have feedless transactions, you can create tokens on layer one um, natively. You have potentially the Tangle kind of as a bridge that connects all the different chains deployed on the in, in the environment. So I think um, in the long term, then it really comes back to the technology vision and what we're trying to do and that we actually are going after the same thing still that we went after um, when IOTA started out. So it's kind of consistent in the vision and in the idea, um, even though how we get there might have changed in the meantime. Mm. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that it's very valuable for, for these guys to have Touchpoint instead of uh, like navigating through all these different blog posts and channels because there's a million, million of them. Uh, so then it's very valuable to find a place where everyone can connect and ask questions and um, talk to the people directly. Um, but how is Touchpoint connected and working with the rest of the IOTA Foundation? So the, I mean, it is it is one thing among many things that we do. Um, so we see it as kind of as part of ecosystem growth. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, the lines actually I don't think are extremely clear as to um, where essentially touchpoint ends and other aspects of business development or ecosystem growth uh, begin. At least this is how how it goes on uh, in my head. But us, the Touchpoint team, we normally have more a little bit insider knowledge on how the ecosystem is going, who's building on it, and uh, what type of obstacles they're facing. So, for instance, especially when I first started here, a lot of the projects were, had questions about uh, either legal issues or fundraising, and we, as a Touchpoint team, were able to kind of grab all these issues and to see what we could do as a team or as a foundation to kind of address them, whether it's, for instance, we had some connections with either lawyers or auditors, and we could then connect the projects that we're building on, uh, on Shimmer or within Touchpoint to these entities, because we had done some of the research work for them. We had calls with lawyers, or we have uh, telegram chats with auditors, and we know that they have the capacity and the ability to handle these people. So we become kind of a bit like the experts in the the, at least the smart contract space in IOTA for the foundation. So generally when someone else in the foundation wants to know a little bit about what the ecosystem is doing on the ground, a lot, more often than not, I think it's one of us people from Touchpoint kind of giving that perspective. Mm. And I yeah. think what, what's, what, what's kind of important to mention is that it's really, I think, a cross-functional effort and kind of really interdisciplinary. So Touchpoint, there is... A core team, I would say, which which mainly consists of um, Austin, Adam, and me, and we spend on average more time on it um, than other people inside the foundation. But it's also there is input and support from a lot of people inside the foundation that work with Touchpoint projects when it comes to their specific expertise, right? So. Um, the comms department, for example, is, is really supporting in, in promoting projects so that they get exposure either on Twitter or through blog posts. Um, we have Ani, who's, who's inside, like he's working with us, right, on, on technical support for each project. Um, so he's in there answering questions. Then we have also other people from the engineering team, um, the community team. So all of them are kind of working on Touchpoint with us, 
um, and just contributing when it comes to their specific area of expertise. And we're then more the generalists that kind of run the program if you want. Mm, yeah. And uh, how has the program evolved over the past months since it launched back in 2021, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we, we did a soft launch um, together with the assembly announcement end of 2021. And I would say roughly, and we already touched on this briefly earlier, um, it it rolled out in kind of three phases. And where we are right now is really phase three. And I think phase one was soft launch, um, onboarding the earliest builder groups inside our ecosystem, right? So that with a, also right now the, the most well-known brands, Tangle C, Sooniverse, Tangle Swap, um, really those those big community projects. Um, and this was on the one hand, because we knew those were dedicated builders, right? And they were committed to what they were doing. So we didn't need to do that much due diligence, but we could actually test our processes with them, right? And see if everything kind of works just in the back end on how we set it up, um, if the Discord works. So this was kind of getting it off the ground end of, end of last year um, and onboarding more and more, more of these really well-known builders inside our ecosystem. And then phase two, after we announced it and after we launched it officially, it was then about penetrating the Iodan Shimmer ecosystem. So making sure that we cover basically as much as possible um, of the builder projects inside our own ecosystem. Um, scaling it up, initiating the first connections there and kicking off the networking parts, um, experimenting also with some forms of expert sessions and content that we could provide. Um, Adam actually then, then joined as well started writing some really cool explainer content as well, um, where we just yeah played around, see what works, what provides value. And then phase three, which we're now is just really going out into other ecosystems and trying to not only penetrate our own ecosystem, but actually now extend it, right? And bring in people from other networks with different experiences. Um, and also I would say adding new use cases to our own ecosystem, right? When you go beyond the, let's say, foundational decks or NFT marketplace, kind of what do you offer besides that? that? Um, and this is kind of where we are right now, really thinking about who we can target, who we can onboard, um, and how we can, I would say, grow Touchpoint, but then also grow the Shimmer ecosystem. Mm, yeah, I can imagine the uh, the Touchpoint's um, ecosystem will also grow uh, once Shimmer goes live, which shouldn't be too long. Um, what would you... What would we say with the uh, the highlights so far? Um, so, I mean, personally, for me, the highlight really is understanding and, and talking to the projects inside the program, right? Just learning what they're building and how they're actually thinking about their projects, how they're addressing their challenges, but also how they're, in many ways, trying to push the existing crypto space kind of further along, right? So. Um, it's not just this approach of let's just fork over something that works on Ethereum, but actually let's fork it over and use it as a base to improve on it, right? Um, and just seeing kind of all these pretty cool ideas from projects um, and, and talking, understanding kind of together with them what the thought process was and how they got to where they are. And then really now kind of working with them and seeing people yeah, be ready to actually launch, right? So we had Shimmer C just announced that they freeze their code to kick off an audit, right? Which is super cool because now they're really at the, st at the stage where they can kind of launch. Um, so, so far, this was kind of the highlights. I hope in the future, it's actually going to be seeing the projects launch, right? And, and, and 
basically see what they've been working on come to life. Mm. I think the highlight for me is to see them actually networking with each other, to see them like ideating about what is possible and how their their applications or their teams can can work to or with each other to kind of make something that's unique. So we have like these the matchmaking channels on there as well uh, that Christian normally sets up, and you get to see you got to kind of get to be um, uh, like a fly on the wall and seeing kind of these people form a synergy, which is I think pretty neat and you get to i don't know it makes me more excited about the ecosystem seeing that it's not only us from the top down um trying to enable people to be able to build easier but that they are also excited and reaching out to each other to see where they can complement each other hmm. yeah that's that's the ultimate goal yeah i think one perfect example of this is kind of the the twitter space that recently ran right people just came together and talked about shimmer and how they were thinking about the space um, not necessarily initiated by us, but but actually kind of the participants were touchpoint projects and we we saw this come to life, which is really exciting and I think shows also the strength of the builder group that we have. Yeah, kudos to Zephyr for setting that up. Yeah, and it's a very active community as well when you when you look around. There's always something going on, like a lot of discussion going on like everywhere. You don't as I understand it, you don't see that everywhere in crypto. How do you mean? Do you mean within Touchpoint? Or you mean in the IOTA Yeah, both, both in Touchpoint and the project separate channels, there's always like good discussions going on. There's always active. You don't find too many channels that are not active. Yeah, I, the thing that's kind of, I think, deceptive for some people in Touchpoint when they, when they first get in is that they, basically just how, how we do the channels, they can see their channel for their project and there's a couple general channels but i don't think a lot of them realize like exactly how much activity is going in these other channels i, I think i counted some months ago i think it was like <laughs> the last one 150 channels or something like that <laughs> so uh it is it, there's always something going on in the discord whether it's they're talking to suge from comms or or david phillips and they're trying to set up some blog posts or they're um doing they're asking technical questions or they're asking for, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's just always something going on. And it's kind of a, a, a lively place, I think. Mm. And has there been any learnings from all this? I, th I think the, I would say there is one fundamental learning, which is um, around kind of funding in the space, right? Which proved to be a bit more challenging, kind of attracting capital to our own network and, and kind of to our own ecosystem, um, which I think was, was great to see that people then really went around that issue by doing NFT sales and, and kind of on, on Sooniverse, right? They really helped people a lot with their fundraising because there was suddenly the opportunity to, I would say, crowdsource it, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of relying only on institutional investors. Um, I think that was kind of a learning that it's a little bit slower going um, than we anticipated which is also bound to change with the with the network launch hopefully because it de-risks the technology side right um but i think that was that was one of the learnings um where we really had different expectations going in um trying to work around that now but another learning i think is it kind of comes down on how proactive you are and everybody is really open to to talk about things and debate things um but you have to get it started, right? And sometimes 
especially in the beginning, I think we were more in a wait and see approach rather than trying to push things along. Um, and it's actually, this is kind of one learning for me, the more you put in, the more it comes back, which is kind of obvious in hindsight, right? Um, but it really comes down to being proactive and kicking stuff off. Mm. And um, But you can also apply for funding within Touchpoint, can't you? Well, we do have, um, I think, a couple of investors in the network. So, so you can't really apply for funding from Touchpoint directly, right? We don't make investment decisions in that sense. Uh, we do have lines to a couple of in investors that we can make interest to. But I think the important part there is that we can, yes, we can get the conversation going, mm -hmm. but afterwards it's kind of not really up to us to decide what happens, right? It's then yeah. kind of investors making individual investment decisions and inside their investment committees, um, which we really don't have any influence over. No, you guys just break the ice and then go from there. Yeah, I think we do a little bit more than break the ice because I think we, at least on the project side, usually if we had these conversations, we we're talking to them about like what, for instance, what their valuation is going to be, what their pitch deck looks like, what their overall messaging is, how they do this kind of product product market fit. So especially if we're going to um, introduce them to our investors, it's pretty, uh, you can be assured that we've, Kind of have an idea of what their angle kind of is because it would be counterproductive for us to just throw anybody up there but um, i guess the, the main important takeaway here is that we also help projects scrutinize their own fundraising fundraising methods and how they present themselves as projects which i think they find really valuable mm, i can imagine um but the future of touchpoint what was what's in store there it's a great question, I'll, but maybe I'll let Christian take this. We've actually were just kind of uh, ideating on this. Uh, I think it was last week about how how it could change or um, what things we should um, maybe focus on differently in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's not yet completely clear um, how kind of the concrete form of what we're going for will look like, right? But I think priorities, hopefully, uh, over the next couple of months, will will kind of change. A little bit because we do then at some point have a live network right but but what touchpoint is and what what makes touchpoint valuable i think and what we will continue doing is really strengthening the ecosystem in general and making sure that the projects that are in there are interconnected right so i think about it as an as this web where you have potentially as many lines as possible between different projects right so that every project kind of knows any other project that could potentially be helpful for them and valuable. Um, and then as we go on adding projects from outside the network, from outside our ecosystem, making sure that those get integrated as quickly as possible into this network, right? Um, and form connections rather quickly. Then the second part, um, I think, which we will ramp up is kind of tech support as well. Ani is already doing that, working with people. Um, and helping them along. But as we have, a, when it gets to deploying, then this is going to be more and more important, I think, understanding kind of the unique points of the Shimmer technology, right? That makes it different from the EVM, um, from other EVM compatible ch chains and make sure that it's very, very easy for people to deploy in the chain. Um, and then the third part is really promoting the work we're doing and promoting the projects we have, right? Um, going outside the ecosystem, positioning our projects there, 
but then also position ideas and projects from outside the ecosystem in our ecosystem. Um, but then to kind of make it more organic that projects hear about Shimmer because they hear about a project um, and that they are interested in it, this kind of will make our work then also easier, right? Because if people already know about the name and the brand, um, then they will also be more likely to just come over and deploy or just at least be curious about it. Mm. And if you take like a longer time span, like let's say two years down the road, uh, where do you see Touchpoint uh, like down there? So I think, um, again, the, the core of what we're doing will probably not, not change, which is providing this network and environment where people just connect, innovate. Um, I think one potential avenue to explore, and this is all up in, up in the air, um, and we're currently discussing this um, because we haven't decided on the direction yet, but I think um, I think Touchpoint right now is in a, in a position where we are the place, kind of the place to be for builders right in our ecosystem. But it is very IOTA and Shimmer focused in terms of what we're doing, right? People come to Touchpoint because they want to build on Shimmer and they want to support doing that, right? So that's kind of what unites all the projects. Um, I think in the future, we could potentially break this up and, and, and open it up a bit more and actually have Touchpoint make connections to other chains, to other networks, to other foundations and bring kind of those people in as well. So that, for example, say you're a Shimmer project or an IOTA project and you want to branch out into other ecosystems, that we can then support that as well, right? And facilitate people making connections beyond our ecosystem. Um, and then the other way around, right? So if you have other foundations in there, um, then people, for example, building a near can then come to Touchpoint to actually talk integration into, into Shimmer or IOTA. Um, so I think making it a bit broader in scope while still having it rooted inside the IOTA and Shimmer ecosystem, but be kind of this uniting force, I guess. Hmm. There's also the the idea that it might broaden in more ways, namely who is actually running mm. it. So there is some possible future where it's not me, Chris, and Austin um, going down each of the channels here, but there's maybe more community members or there's more or, um, other people. Like we can kind of let other people own this because it starts freewheeling and starts able and it's able to sustain itself. Mm, yeah. Um, like we have seen several stuff being like uh, spun off into. Uh, their own companies. Do you think Touchpoint will be something like that? Or will that be staying within the foundation? I think for the time being, it's it's going to stay in the foundation. Um, and very specifically, I think there's, there's a dependence um, on the central entity still, in this case, maybe, because there's kind of this, you know, there's an information asymmetry on the technology side. So basically, the foundation is still pushing core technology development so it probably makes sense until we have kind of an existing and live ecosystem um, to have the ecosystem support program also run by the foundation i think in the long term this is also i would say up for discussion um, and we have already played around with ideas around making it a DAO for potentially or actually just making it um, a program right because you have the program and you have the people running the program so you have kind of the concept and then the people that realize the concept operationalize it 
Um, and I think there's a point to be made to yeah, ossify the program itself and then bring in outside people to run it. So it might not be a company anymore, but it might actually be just people coming together to run this as a project um, or as a DAO. So really, I think it's open. We're open to to really outsourcing it or not outsourcing, but, but kind of open sourcing it, right? And open it up. Um, but also there, it, it will probably depend on which direction we go specifically and then um, how we can open it up for outside contribution. Hmm. Yeah, it's probably easier to, to see where it's a logic way to go uh, in probably a year or two when you see when we had Shimmer going live, Assembly going live, you have everything, all the moving parts is like going. And um, yeah, then maybe it's an easier way to say like, should we go this way or that way? Yeah, yep, I think we'll, exactly. we'll definitely know a little bit more because even what you could say, what what does Shimmer look like six months from now? Or even what does crypto look like six months from now? These things are uh, yeah, nearly impossible to ever know. So uh, the, there are many possible ways that I think Touchpoint can go. And just as there's an infinite number of ways that the whole space can kind of move or pivot seemingly overnight. Hmm. Uh, is it is it you and uh, Christian that is like the the main iota guys within Touchpoint, or do you have like a bigger team? Yeah, so there's a there's a so you have these like concentric circles, right? So there's like me and Christian, and I would include Austin here as the people who are like in Touchpoint every day. I read every single message in every channel that goes by, and then you have kind of these um, not, not support roles, but other people within the IF that that are kind of part of their job is kind of located within Touchpoint. This would include comms with a, mainly with the SUS and the UI UX team was in there for a bit. Um, and then Ani, who's is kind of like a resident tech person, but also uh, Dave will be in there. Um, Antonio and Philo or Holger are in there from the community side of all this is in Touchpoint. Uh, but there's kind of, there's like the peripheral members who are, are there and kind of chime in one once or twice and then uh, it gets closer and closer and closer until it's just like me, Chris and Austin. Yeah. And I can also imagine that the ones that are part of the spin-offs will probably jump in there with their projects over time. Yeah. That's an interesting point. Um, I think it's definitely possible. Uh, I think it could work for instance, like the UI UX studio, s some of them, it makes more sense that they might be there or maybe, I don't know, maybe even Firefly in the future would have some value because uh, or in Touchpoint because they, once they spin out, then they will also need to keep abreast of what's going on in space with other builders. They might want connections with people who want to integrate their them into their tech stack. So um, yeah, I could definitely see um, some of these other people coming in. So there's, there's also the aspect of what we're doing for ecosystem growth that is not approximately within Touchpoint itself. So when we reach out to these other projects, uh, if they're in Phantom or BSC or Terra or whoever, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will be onboarded on Touchpoint, yet part of our our job and our mission is to get them within the ecosystem uh, itself. Um, we don't want to force projects to be in Touchpoint if they if they want to go alone. But I think that's also one of the, the advantages and one of the appeals of Touchpoint in, from these other ecosystems as well these other projects they might be one in a sea of 
10,000 dApps on Binance and they, the, the appeal of being in touch point is that they have a line kind of to the IF or they feel like if they have a concern or something comes up that they can kind of reach out to somebody that is, I don't know, we, we just kind of have this, there's a presence there and it feels good as a project team to know that, that there's someone who's one, we're kind of rooting for all these projects, even when they're competitors or even when they're competitors to, to IF solutions. So if you think like Tangle Pay and Firefly, like well, I want them both to succeed and to be the best projects that they should be. And I think the competition between them is, is good. Um, but so the, the point being is that, um, that some of the things that we do for the ecosystem are also outside of, of Touchpoint. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the accurate way to say that. Yeah. Um, like, well, what would you say is success rate for, for the amount of projects? Let's say you get 10 projects into looking into the IOTA technology and Shimmer and all that. How many usually of those 10 uh, continue? I, I don't know. So me and Chris were talking about this earlier today, actually. We're kind of a, a bit uh, like taken aback by how, one, willing other projects are to, um, to consider coming over into Shimmer. I thought it was going to be like cold outreach was going to be a much lower success rate. So for instance, we're normally reaching out on, uh, I'll either be in the discord. Austin is like a master of doing this, reaching out to other projects and getting on their calendar. We'll, uh, be in a telegram chats and, uh, Twitter direct messages. And I've been kind of surprised about how open people are to continue to move to, um, either to expand to other chains or to come to shimmer in particular. Mm. So success rate is once, of course, success rate is the, the network is not yet live. So none of these people have actually made anything in particular, but there are teams that are pivoting towards this. And I feel like once you, once their interest is peaked on it, I feel pretty confident that these people will end up deploying uh, unless something, you know, something catastrophic happens. So I, I don't yeah. see any reason to doubt that their interest is not going to lead to um, them putting something uh, adding to the ecosystem. Mm. Yeah, I had a similar experience because uh, a few years ago, I, I tend to, to go into other cryptos, Discord channels and everything. And um, I got to talk to them uh, about IOTA. Most of them haven't even heard of it. And the few that had usually only knew a couple of facts from back in 2017. Yeah. Uh, and once you started to explain a little bit what, what's going on, they were very interested and they wanted to come. And I think several of them joined the, the Discord um but it just kind of shows that outside the bubble people doesn't really know about it so i was always wondering about how um how we're going to get developers from outside in to shimmer and iota yeah it's kind of like you have to think of it from so at the if a lot of the people have been around for for a long time in at least in, in crypto years and uh i i can kind of echo that, that sentiment of um people not knowing about it sometimes so i was in uh, BTC Miami, and I was mentioning people I was in IOTA, and I was kind of surprised how few people knew what it was about. But I, I, if anything, that just convinces me that there was a a bigger um, people coming in. What to me was a little bit late to uh, from finance or from Web two into the Web three world, because when I came into to crypto, IOTA was was a big deal, and it was even it was kind of this like narrative juggernaut of of what they were envisioning, and yeah, so when people say they don't know what IOTA is, I mean, I don't, not any judgment here, but it also kind of is a, is kind of a, an indicator of how long someone has been in the space. Um, so, 
yeah so we kind of in a bit it's kind of like uh, for at least in a little bit it's what i meant to say it's it's a good thing because we can kind of start uh we can kind of have the narrative be what what we want it to be without being held down by by anything in the past and we can kind of like um we can start from from like an app like a blank slate and to say hey this is what we're offering uh we have touch point here's our tech here's the community who's who's involved with it and i think it's um pretty good selling point for a lot of the projects yeah i, I agree because i think within the bubble it seems like a lot of people believe that uh everyone knows about iota everybody knows about shimmer but they don't really want to interact with it due to the past and they have a grudge towards it but in reality uh, i'm pretty sure like 98 percent haven't even heard of it yeah or not it's not at least not top of mind for them right they might even have heard of the name in some yeah. in some conversations but it's not really what they're thinking of if they think about the hot, like the hot smart contract networks because it's not live and and it's also kind of it's flying under the radar i would say mm. but then i think people are also so trained to be uh, trained to not miss something that could become hot in the future right that they're at least curious to learn about it um because there's always this project that you didn't know about didn't think of or didn't look into and that then took totally like really took off um so i think people just try to avoid that and that's why they're initially looking into shimmer and then we hopefully have some answers for them why they should be excited about it yeah yeah i really hope that once shimmer goes live that the, the community takes a little bit of time uh becomes a little bit loud about it so that people are actually able to to become aware that it's live and everyone can come and try it out i think we've also had the first uh, we've already had our first like wild encounter of someone who had a. Uh who knew about shimmer but did not know about iota like yeah. a kick out of yeah yeah the uh, the waiter that dom were in mallorca yeah yeah I was... <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah that's a little bit strange like you haven't heard about iota uh but you do know about shimmer mm. didn't see that one coming yeah but i think it's also good it's good to have a mix of people because obviously shimmer has a relationship to iota and so it's in my head we all kind of like reason about this a little differently but in my head like shimmer stands on its own feet for sure but part of what it's doing what it's trying to do is to be a staging or innovation or validation network for things that will eventually port onto iota even though it even if you erase that part it the network has some clear advantages to build on and so mm -hmm. i think that it's natural that we will have people who who come to it because they want to see the fulfillment of the iota vision some people will want to see it because of what Shimmer itself has to offer. And then there's a, you know, shades between there of, uh, of how people come to it. So for me, it's a totally normal and I think good sign that we'll see people who, who want to be a part of Shimmer just for being a part of Shimmer and other people because of what else it represents. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a lot of exciting stuff coming pretty soon, I would imagine, I hope. <laughs> um unless you want to like slide some etas under the rug here um but yeah i think it's gonna be good yeah we're we're, we're, all, we're i think all super excited to see what happens when the network goes live like just just how much like the 
you know the the cage opens or when when something like we all have ideas of what's going to happen when it's live but nobody can you can never really predict what like for instance what types of things are going to be built on it or how things exist coming out of the gate but um you know it makes me incredibly excited to to be a part of it and to uh, witness what it's like to bring a network into existence yeah mm. i think the the fun thing is that we are in the privileged position that we get to talk to the projects about what they're planning mm. right what they have in store um so i think even what they put out on social media is already pretty exciting if you see some screenshots of ux or if you see um their ideas for their projects right but then there's also some information that they haven't published yet and i think that makes me even even more excited mm. um just getting my hands on the applications that are being built and, and actually trying them out which is actually what we're yeah trying to achieve ultimately and one yeah. other thing on that is like we were talking earlier about highlights of the program this is one thing that didn't come to mind that is is for some reason because it's to me it is like the coolest thing about working in touchpoint is that you get to hear the excitement and the enthusiasm from the projects when they're talking about what they're building and it makes you excited about their project and then about the the whole space so it's neat to see them share like each like i said there's a, or like chris said there's 40 to 45 projects in there they all have their vision of what they want their projects to be and you kind of get to i don't know be a part of that vision in a little bit and try to bring it to fruition so that's uh i think that's probably my highlight for uh working in touchpoint mm. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, seeing the excitement for for a good developer instead of seeing when the uh, the sixteen year old in uh, in speculation channel is angry, then it's kind of okay. The most likely developer has it right now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So yeah, um, it's time for you guys to chill yourself a little bit. Uh, where can you everyone find you, and uh, how do they apply for Touchpoint? I'll let Chris take this one first. <laughs> so all right, so you can find. Um any like, information you're looking for on both the Assembly and the Shimmer websites, there's a page about Touchpoint. And there's also an application link there. Um, so you can yeah, get smart about it and then reach out to us. And it's, it's just a basic form for, for some information about what you're building and, and kind of how far you're along so that we can get a basic idea on, on where people are before we talk to them. Um, and then Adam and I are both on Twitter. So if you want to find us there, I think my DMs should be open. I never actually check that, but but I think they are. Um, so just be a good thing to or... say that. <laughs> exactly. I just wanted to say that once. Um, or you can you can also just find us in the IOTA Discord. Um, mm. Mm. And I hugely recommend everyone that is interested in building an OR building right now that it's not part of the touchpoint program sign up for it get in there uh talk to all the amazing projects that's there it's it's a lot, very open place uh everyone is very nice helping you out if there's anything you need and you got everything from developers you have uh pr everything uh so it's um it's very valuable place to be if you are building something so what uh, one last tail remark here is i would even offer people in the uh in the iota discord if they have not necessarily even a project that they're uh that they're currently working on but if they know of other projects and other ecosystems that they think are a good fit for iota or they have an idea of of something that is even ecosystem growth related i i would say my dms are open to that either on twitter or uh on discord my uh 
Twitter handle is at Spoople, which I won't spell it out, but it's pretty easy to find. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm trying to be a little bit more active on Twitter so to be more approachable by uh, both the community members and uh, other projects from other communities. So I welcome pretty much all of this stuff. If people want to get together and say like, hey, we're going to do this like marketing campaign or uh, from the community side, or if there's anything ecosystem growth related i i think i speak for all of us to say that um we welcome that type of input as well if that's where people's specialty lies um and they're not a dev or something but they want to contribute to iota mm. yeah when you say that i actually know about a company and i think that iota would be a very good fit for actually um and you should definitely reach out to them i'm not sure if you heard of them but they called um coinbase oh yeah yeah <laughs> no i've uh, definitely heard about them <laughs> nah. Okay. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining. I uh, hope you, uh, everyone listening, had a good time. And uh, see you next time. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah, much appreciated.